I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Use promo code GATORS for a 50% match on your first deposit. Only at MyBookie.ag. This episode of Gators Breakdown is also brought to you by Shark Coatings. Visit SharkFloorCoatings.com when you need professional floor coating services done right the first time. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus starting at $3 a month. Get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to GatorsBreakdown.SupportingCast.FM to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter, at GatorDave underscore SEC. Ouch. It's about the best way to describe that one. (laughs) It's short, uh, not sweet. Florida Falls of Vanderbilt, 31-24 in a shocker in Nashville. That one hurts. Uh, and no excuses uh, for that one. Just when it looked like things were turning around for the Gators, getting a win in College Station over Texas A&M. Last week, a blowout victory over South Carolina, which looks even better now. Fall, Florida just cannot follow it up uh, and go to Nashville, play a Vanderbilt team while better any type of normal well, I mean, my bad. What is normal for Florida this year? I guess we saw it. It's inconsistency. But we thought we had turned that corner. We thought we had saw this team turn that corner the last couple of weeks. But anything close to a last two-week performance, Florida wins that game. But we didn't get that. Uh, it starts at the top. There was a clear lack of preparation. This team was not ready to play. And that's not to take anything away from Vanderbilt because they were ready to play. They rode their momentum while it was only one game. You know, they got their first SEC win in quite some time over Kentucky last week. They had a little bit of confidence. They had a little bit of momentum, but so did Florida. And Florida could not ride their momentum whatsoever in a game in Nashville where Florida just was not ready, was not prepared. That starts at the top. Uh, but that is, a, that, that, is a, that is a team loss on the sideline and on the field. Plenty of examples to go both ways. Uh, but it really does start, to me, this team was just not ready to go play this game. Vanderbilt was. Vanderbilt gets the upset win, 31-24. And we'll get all into it right here. There's plenty to get into uh, with, with, with this game. I know we were feeling a little bit better about this team as they looked like they were turning a corner, setting up that big showdown next week versus Florida State, well, I guess this week now, uh, on Friday. But now that game is just bounce back. (laughs) Can you bounce back and ruin FSU's momentum and what they have going on right now? A A lot more doubt about that game after what we saw from this team in Nashville. 31-24 Vanderbilt. We'll get into it. But before we do, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. I know you don't like the topic. We don't like the content. Or you can like the content. Don't like the topic. Let me rephrase that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, hit that like button. If you like what we're doing here on Gators Breakdown, it means a lot. It goes a lot. 
goes a long way on YouTube, helping other Gator fans find Gators Breakdown. Subscribe, get those notifications. When we go live, as you know, on these Sundays, it's kind of up in the air. But with a noon game yesterday, was able to get some more prep time in. Uh, so that allows us to go a little early here on this Sunday morning. So hit that like button, subscribe, get those notifications when, go, when Gators Breakdown goes live. Leave some comments there. I know this one's probably going to be a little furious uh, with what happened uh, to the Gators there. But a lot of you talking live right now. Keep those comments going, or you can leave them if you're watching the replay as well. And then on Gators Breakdown Plus, of course, uh, very passionate talk there during the game <laughs> yesterday as well. Uh, after the game, GatorsBreakdown.SupportingCast.FM is the web address. You can find the link in the description at the same time. Uh, but the Discord server alive and well this morning as well. With all the conversation, definitely a place to be on game day. Um, of course, not all rosy, not all sunshine and rainbows, uh, but for the most part, a lot of good discussion there. And then also, if you saw it, I tweeted it last night. Rick Ballou, I'll give him some credit first from here in Jacksonville, 1010XL, uh, putting it out there publicly about the Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman and maybe some interest in the transfer portal if he does not go to the NFL towards Florida's way. But well, we had that on Gators Breakdown Plus a week ago. Uh, think, think, thanks for uh, uh, inconspicuous there with the uh, the nugget he was hearing. Put it in the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. Uh, we had that about a week ago. So uh, that talk going on there, of course, uh, kind of going on throughout this past week and really ramped up with the news coming out yesterday uh, that Rick Ballou shared uh, on his Twitter account. So, of course... Um, you know, trying to keep it on the down low a little bit, but with it already being out there, uh, Gators Breakdown Plus members were privy to that information, but now it's out there for everybody else to see. But that conversation is going on as well. Plenty, plenty going on Gators Breakdown Plus. Extra episodes, live chats, the Discord server, all that good stuff going on right there. All right. Let's get into the game a little bit. Go through kind of like we do. We'll go through the game quickly. A lot to get into with the game going kind of drive-by-drive drive here. Well, first two plays for Vanderbilt. They get the ball first. Uh, no gain. Uh, third and 10. Florida has great rush. That throw goes high. Three and out to start the game for the second week in a row. Okay, maybe there. Maybe this defense is going to continue their play. Yeah. We've find out that uh, it wasn't a terrible day uh, by the defense. They get a good start here, uh, but they could not continue uh, what they have shown, especially versus South Carolina in the last half versus Texas A&M. Look, I had Vanderbilt scoring points this game. I think I had them at 17 points. Um, they scored 24 on offense. You know, you take away the muff punt uh, there for, for them for another touchdown. So, look, I didn't expect Florida's defense to completely shut down Vanderbilt. Uh, you're not going to keep that – from what we is, have seen from this defense this year, they were not going to keep that level of play up. also didn't expect to see some of what we saw. That's where I think the whole focus uh, kind of comes into play. They, they reverted back to some bad play, but did get a good start. Three and out to start the game. This was time for Florida to put together a drive, go score a touchdown, get up quickly 7-0. They moved the ball. Had to settle for a field goal, but – at third and 25, after a bad snap, AR finds Pearsall to get the first down on third and 25, um, targeting on the very next play. Third and four, and Pearsall had it on a sweep, but he falls down. Fourth and five, the Gators go for it. AR to Dejon Reynolds, who made a big appearance here this game versus, uh, versus Vanderbilt. And Florida needed to go deep into the wide receiver room this game, and it started right away with Reynolds. Uh, fourth and five, he snags a catch in coverage. Um, but early on, and this will be a theme I'll get into later, we saw from this very first drive, Anthony Richardson, a couple of chances to keep keep the ball on some of the runs. He had an okay day passing. I know 400 yards. We'll get into it as well. But they're still leaving some runs on the field. Had a couple chances to keep on this drive. Montreux Johnson drops an easy touchdown catch and run. Gators settle for a field goal three to nothing as the red zone issues continue from last week. 
Go back to that second half versus South Carolina and Florida turnover galore on defense causing those turnovers. Florida could not score on most of those possessions last week and the red zone issues continued this week in Nashville. Chance to go up 7-0 early. Florida has to set a four field goal. Uh, Vanderbilt in their next possession gets third, a, a third and four conversion. Uh, then a 17-yard run on the outside as Florida was clogging the middle. Uh, Vanderbilt could not get the get their running game going in the middle early on, but they were able to hit some outside runs. Probably a bit of a hold uh, as well, but you know that's that's part of football a lot of the time. Uh, fourth and four later on the Florida 39, they get a pass completed, but another turnover for the Gators defense. Uh, they didn't look ready for the play at all, if you remember that. Uh, but they didn't give up. Ventral Miller forced fumble. Jaden Hill recovers uh, at the Florida 24. So there you go. You get an early turnover as well. You're up three to nothing. So it's a chance. There's a chance to build on something, but was just not there for the Gators. Their next possession, first down completion. Anthony Richardson doesn't keep another handoff that looked like it was there. Then a drop. Then an incompletion. Sloppy play early. Offensive line, you could t- tell right away, was not getting anywhere near the push uh, that we were expecting versus this Vanderbilt defense that has given up rushing yards like crazy this year. Florida, it was we we saw the early signs here. Ar doesn't have the Ar doesn't keep some of the keepers there, and the offensive line could not get the traditional run game going, and that would be a theme throughout the game. Vanderbilt gets the ball, so it's still 3-0 Florida. Big run. And this is, I mean, this is the this drive here uh was uh kind of what we'd see throughout the rest of the day. Uh this drive here by Vanderbilt. They get a big run for 26 yards uh by, by running back by, by Davis. Then they get a third and eight later. The coverage was great. Vanderbilt's quarterback right scrambles with a great tackle by Power Island, only for Princely Human Me Yellen to get called for unnecessary roughness. You get him a stop on third down, the drive stays alive. First down, Vanderbilt, all the way to the Florida 33. Vandy drive continues, that's the end of the first quarter. So third and two, later in the drive, third and two, a run goes for 13 yards. Filing call for holding, though. It had been happening before that. So it's third and 12 for Vanderbilt from the Florida 35. And now Powell Island makes another play. They call the face mask. I still didn't see it on the replays. I'm not going to sit here and say this one play caused a loss or anything for Florida. But things just were not going right. If it could go wrong, it did go wrong. If some calls were questionable, they this one went against Florida. I did not see a face mask. He tugged right below below his helmet on the shoulder. If you didn't have the angle, it probably looked like that looked like it. But there was no I, I did not see a face mask. If you did, if you saw it, if you could if you see it, show send it my way. I never saw a face mask. That was third and twelve. It was a sack. I didn't see it. Refs call it anyway. But, 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 but. Defense still has time to step up. They get a third and six. A run around the right edge again for Vanderbilt. Goes for eight yards in the first down. So you had them third and six. Go, go make another play. I understand they probably got more downs than they should have. I did not see the face mask. But you still had them third and six. You let them get eight yards. First and goal now for Vanderbilt. First two runs go for nothing. Third and goal from the ten. No passes to this point. No passes on this drive at all for Vanderbilt. Third and goal from the 10. Vandy passes this play. Touchdown Vanderbilt. 7-3 lead for the Commodores. First time in seven quarters, the defense gives up points. But of course, they did buy some penalties. The defense still had plenty of opportunities to step up. Gave up that third and six run. And a third and goal from the 10. That, that, that can't happen. You had them on third down. Even after... The phantom face mask. You got to make a play. But that just right there, that's why I said that drive right there just kind of sets you up for the rest of the day. Florida gets the ball back. AR gets a couple completions on the next drive. Um, Johnson hits a big run. Third and eight and a run for four yards. 
that's where some of the and I, and we've seen it many times. Play calling was not the best. I thought it started okay. You had some drops early. There were some plays there to be made. I thought play calling kind of progressively got worse throughout the game. I think you had a chance early, but no. Nah. Third and eight, run on four. I know you're trying to get maybe fourth and short there, but Florida couldn't run the ball. Third and eight, run goes for four. Florida's one of five on third down at that point. Set up for a 44-yard field goal. 7-6 Vandy. Florida struggling to move the ball against one of the worst defenses in the country. There's 322 left in the first half. Florida needed to score. You get a seven-yard run uh, on the first play. Sets up a third and three. So 322 on the clock for Vanderbilt. You know, Florida at some point, you know, gets the ball. But, 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 but. So Vandy's got the ball. If I got, I got you confused there. Anyway, seven-yard run on the first place. That's up a third and three for Vanderbilt. A couple plays later, Vanderbilt passes after they successfully run the ball in Florida. Kamari Wilson drops a pick six. Okay, you know, that, that happens. There's a chance to make a play, though. You need to make the play. But that one's even compounded because, you know, oh boy, that leads to a Vanderbilt punt and Jason Marshall's returning punts because Pierce Saul's injured in the game. And I saw him back there and I was like, yeah, it entered my mind. You know, he is the, Third option back there at punt returner. Not a lot of experience this year doing it. And that's, that's not to excuse it, but it did enter my mind, okay, something could happen here. Doesn't have a lot of experience back there. Vanderbilt punts. He muffed the punt. Vandy recovers in the end zone. If it could go wrong, it was going wrong. 14-6, Vanderbilt. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And then once again, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. Florida gets the ball back. Big run by Montreux Johnson to open up the next drive. But Kingsley Aguacon, or Kingsley Aguacon, pretty much erases that run. Next play goes nowhere. A couple of plays later, third and three on their own, 32. AR throws to Odom, who's blanketed, passes swatted away. Another punt. 119 left in the first half. Nothing goes on. We get to halftime. It's 14-6 Vanderbilt. Okay. You're still within striking distance. First half didn't go your way. Can't run the ball. AR's not running the ball. Penalties galore. Can't hold an edge in the run game. Okay. You get the, get to halftime. We'll see, we'll see what happens. And Florida comes out. AR gets going on the first drive with some runs. But that lets me know right there it probably wasn't in the game plan all that much. And I'll get to that. You had to force it coming out of halftime. Convert a third and two. Then nothing in the next couple of plays. Sets up a third and 15 at the Vandy 45. I gained a seven on a slant. So Florida, once again, not being able to do anything on third down. Four down territory already right here. Fourth and eight, a great throw to uh, sideline on sh- to shorter. 28-yard gain. First and goal for the Gators. Can they finally score in the red zone? They do. Third and goal, play action. AR has to get rid of it fast. Montreux Johnson catches this one. Touchdown Gators. Two-point conversion fails. 14-12 Vandy. And then it all just falls apart. Florida comes within two. Got some momentum. Finally, not able to capitalize on it. Vandy's first drive in the second half. They get a third and 14 early. Florida almost gets a sack. Pass falls incomplete. Mari Bernie call for holding. 
Another penalty keeps a drive alive. Then the screen goes for a big gain after Miguel Mitchell, who's played well in his limited time so far this year, just failed at an arm tackle. Another third down for Vandy. Third and eight at the Florida 46. Easy completion on an in route on Jaden Hill. Florida then called for a legal substitution to Vandy's hurry to snap. Vanderbilt driving. Another first down with a gain of nine. Gators get a sack, only to give up 15 yards on the next play after Ventrell Miller misses an easy tackle for loss. First and goal, Vandy. Touchdown pass on second and goal. 21-12, Commodores. Another penalty on third down ends up costing Florida. Tackling issues this drive, something that was much improved the last couple weeks. Let's let me know the focus was just not there. Penalties, missed tackles. Florida wasn't ready to play this game. Florida gets the ball, get ready to go deep on the first play. Vandy swats that away. Then the screen goes for nothing. Then AR avoids a sack that probably should have just been taken. He's trying to make a play. Chakal Bowman falling to the ground trying to make the catch. Ball bounces off of him as he dives for it. Vanderbilt gets the interception. They start to drive in scoring position at the Gators 30, up by nine. Richardson's first interception on just kind of a crazy play in 137 passes. Once again, it was just those fluky freak, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. Vandy scores on the very first play of the next drive. 28-yard pass from Mike Wright to tight end Bresnahan. 28-12, Commodores rolling at this point. Then Florida comes out, third and eight, after the first two plays go nowhere. AR has to move out of the pocket, pass thrown out of bounds. Vanderbilt's dominating the game at this point. And, and you hear that right. You watch that right. Florida's getting dominated by Vanderbilt in this third quarter. After you come out and score right away. So we go to the fourth quarter. Vandy up by 16. And remember, I mean, Florida was within two points. Was within two points after the opening drive of the second half. And they're somehow finding themselves down 16. Uh, Vanderbilt got the ball, third and three. Right goes, um, a right run goes nowhere. Vandy forced a punt at midfield. So 12-30 left in the game. Gators start at their own nine-yard line. Second play of the drive, Anthony Richardson finds Dejon Reynolds running wide open past defenders as he stretches at the very end for the touchdown. AR late on the throw on the two-point conversion. Ten-point game, 28-18, Vanderbilt. All right, there you go. Something else to build on. Nope. And then another drive, another key drive because of an outcome. Vandy starts to drive at their own 25. First play, and Ventrell Miller gets called for targeting. Wasn't malicious. This is why I hate the targeting rule. We saw it, see it all over college football, and this is not a Florida thing. If you guys have followed me long enough on Twitter, if you follow me on Gators Breakdown Plus, I hate the way targeting is and ejecting players. It, just, it makes little sense to me. I know what they're trying to do in the name of protection, but some of these ejections are ridiculous. If you can tell there's malicious intent, which you can tell most of the time, Okay, I get it. The guy's just making plays. No, you're you're never going to sell me on that one. But anyway, I am going to talk about it more because it deals with a Florida player here. But I've always been for that. I hate it. Anyway, Venture Miller called for targeting. Another penalty against Florida. It's so big in this game just because of where Florida is at in this game at this point. But now he's also out for the first half versus Florida State. Hurts twice. Hurts you now because you're in a game with, with Vanderbilt where you could use Ventrell Miller. And now missing a big game next week. And then a missed tackle by Princely goes for another first down. Third and five a few plays later. Had another run that goes to the right for a first down. I mean, Vanderbilt just dominated Florida on the right side of the offensive line, the left side of the Florida line. Florida could not cover the edge. 
eight and a half minutes left, and another set of downs for Vanderbilt. Third and four, Gators bring the rush. Ray Davis squirts free for another Vandy first down. But then, somewhat, somehow, someway, Gators get another turnover. Vanderbilt gets greedy. They're driving all over Florida, running all over Florida. They inexplicably pass the ball. Jason Marshall comes up with a clutch interception. Gators must respond and just fall over themselves. You get a pass completed on first down for seven. You got second and three. Second and three. Nothing on second down. Then you get third and three at the Gators' 12. Run play call. Montreal Johnson goes nowhere. Gators cannot get the run game going. Then fourth and three from your own 12 again, and AR decides to throw it deep to Cal Bowman. 30 yards down the field, nowhere even close. Turnover on downs, 28-18. Vanderbilt, five minutes left in the game. And Vandy at the Florida 10. I mean, you, you had a chance right there. Had a chance, couldn't do anything with it. Then kind of just to end the game. I mean, that was the game right there. You couldn't do anything with it. Florida next possession. Gators get a few plays with the AR run. ETN check down for 26. I mean, Vanderbilt scores another touchdown in there. Or a field goal. Gators get the ball back. A few plays with AR run. ETN check down for 26. Reynolds dropped the touchdown. Then the throw behind Xanders. Uh, back to the same type of route almost. AR finds Reynolds for the touchdown. Another special teams mishap. Florida misses the extra point. 31-24, Vandy at that point. Only down a touchdown. Onside kick recovered by Vandy with 3-11 left. With 3-11 left. You do force a punt. Vanderbilt can't run on you at that point. Gators' final drive started. And that was going on, too. Like, I was fine with the decision either way, onside kick or kick it deep. I, personally, I even put it, talking on the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord, I would have kicked it deep. Just because I think you needed field position more and Vanderbilt wasn't going to be that aggressive. If that Now, I know revisionist history here, but if the drive played out the same way, Maybe Vanderbilt changes what they do. I don't think it. They had already thrown the pick when they probably shouldn't have been passing in the first place. So if it plays out the same way, you're not starting at your own nine-yard line with 46 seconds left. Probably starting close to midfield or closer to midfield. Desperation at this point for Florida. First down gets deflected. Second down, laser to Johnson. He drops it. Third and 10, finds shorter on the first down at the 21. Xanders then gets three yards, 17 seconds left. AR finds Jacal Bowman down to the Vandy 42. Eight seconds left in the game, pretty much the last play of the game. Pass completed to the shorter. Clock stops for some reason. It shouldn't have. Florida should have never even had another play. It doesn't matter. AR not even close. Pass falls out of the back, sails out of the back of the end zone. Vanderbilt wins 31-24. Ah, man, that was that was painful to go through again. I mean, but so, I mean, so many drives. I mean, not many times you got to go completely drive by drive, but here you do. I mean, yes, yeah. There wasn't a lot of plays to begin with, so that's why you can kind of go drive by drive here. But it just seems like every drive just had something, offense or defense. Uh, but we'll take a look at stats, and I'll go even more and some thoughts here for this inexplicable, in many ways, and overall, loss to Vanderbilt. But before we get there, with so many sports books to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win, like my bookie. 
MyBookie has a huge selection of odds, props, and contests for all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Stream games and live bet while you watch so you can turn game day into payday with MyBookie. Sign up free today, use promo code GATERS, and claim a half deposit match on any amount up to $1,000. That's promo code GATERS to claim your deposit bonus and give yourself the competitive edge. Only a few more weeks to bet on college football. Season coming to a close. Rivalry week coming up. Never know what happens there. Championship week coming up as well. Bowl games on the horizon. NFL, of course, plenty of action to bet on there. When you play with my bookie, you're not just betting, but you're joining the winning team. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. You know the goosebumps you get when Florida takes the field? Or when that 63-yard Hail Mary actually works? Or the thrill of a game-winning interception in the end zone? What a rush. You can experience that same rush every day at your home with Shark Coatings. We'll cover your old, ugly concrete with a beautiful industrial concrete coating and a warranty that lasts longer than most careers in professional football. So whether your garage floor is for parking, partying, or working out, Shark Coatings can transform it. And if your pool deck is starting to look like a bulldog, old, cracked, and smells like pee, Shark Coatings can transform that too. Shark Coatings is easy to clean, stain resistant, and is 100% antibacterial and antimicrobial. We're easy on the eyes and on the maintenance. Gator Nation is worldwide, and Shark Coatings is based right in the heart of it. So whether you live in Brunswick, Georgia, or Live Oak, Florida, down to Ocala, over to New Smyrna Beach, or anywhere in between, Contact us for a free estimate today. Learn more at sharkfloorcoatings.com. That's sharkfloorcoatings.com. Well, here we go. Let's take a look at some stats before we get into some thoughts here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. And, hey, look, this is one of those where uh, it it puts away. Some stats can tell you you should win a game. And that's what kind of maybe these stats will tell you. But this is where stats don't tell you the whole story. I mean, and they, well, actually, they can tell you the story of, okay, you should not have lost this game. I mean, that, that's what it, it's kind of what it boils down to when you look at the comparison. Stats don't win games, and that's what this does tell you. But stats also tell you you should not have lost a game. 445 to 283 yard edge for Florida. That equals a loss. Passing yards, 400 to 108. Most of that aided by just some big plays. No consistency in the passing game. We'll get into that a bit too. But, I mean, the big one. I mean, AR's day would have been completely fine if Florida could just run the ball. He's part of that equation. But also at the same time, Florida, and I think they got caught up in this, thought they could just run the ball over Vanderbilt. And they couldn't get it going. AR shouldn't be throwing this much either. We'll get into that too. Something I did not expect to see a Billy Napier offense do. If it was consistent passing performance, okay. But it's not. Just the easy short throws. Not converting them hurts this Gator offense. But even more... When you cannot run the ball. 45 yards rushing. 45. And I'm going to pull it up because Florida averaging 225 rushing yards a game. 225 yards rushing and average this season and they get 45. That's inexcusable. Another thing that's inexcusable, the stat right behind that. Penalties, 7 for 80 for Florida. Now, we've seen some games where Florida has gotten called for penalties, but it's been, you know, it's not been the, 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 the yardage to tag along with it. But holds, personal fouls, add up right here to the Gators. Vanderbilt, four, only 4 for 35. Gators 19 first downs, Vanderbilt 18. And another part of the story here, Florida third down offense, woeful. 4-15. With, that correlates, I think, to those 45 rushing yards. Florida just couldn't run the ball to get first downs, but also not being able to run the ball set them up in so many third and longs. 
and they can't convert them. Vandy, 7 of 13. We'll go deeper into third downs in just a second. So, Florida, and I think part of, part of Napier's equation for some of the third downs, I'm not going to completely excuse it because you don't want to have to go for fourth downs. But I do think there is a thought with some of the third downs that fourth down is in play. Not so sure I like that. But some of Florida's biggest plays come on fourth down. There were three or four on fourth down. Vandy for one. Total plays 64 for the Gators, 62 for Vanderbilt. Average yards per play, seven for the Gators, 4.6 for Vanderbilt. But Vanderbilt took advantage of the field position they were given, and they took advantage of completing or converting third downs. Average yards per completion, and there you go, Florida was able to hit the big plays in the passing game. 16, your average yards per completion, 10.8 for Vandy. But the big one, 2.1 yards per rush for the Gators. Two yards a carry. And we've seen explosive run after explosive run this year. 2.1. 3.8 for Vanderbilt. Red zone, 3 for 3 for the Gators, but you want touchdowns. And you had one on the opening drive, had a chance, had a set of four field goal. Vandy three for three. Time of possession, seven-minute advantage for Vanderbilt. Gators, five tackles for loss. Some of those come in late. All right, let's take a look specifically at, let me see what I got here next. Should be, yeah. Take a look at Florida stats here, and Richardson, 25 of 42, 400 yards, three touchdowns, the one crazy interception, 60% completion percentage. But it's the rushing total that really, really gets you. Montreal Johnson, 11 attempts, 32 yards, averaging three yards a carry. Richardson, four attempts, 25 yards, 6.3. Four attempts, that's, that's, no, that's unacceptable. We've seen it the last couple of weeks, how much it helps this Florida offense. We've seen it throughout the season, how much it helps this Florida offense. Four attempts, 25 yards, and a long of 15. Not going to get it done. ETN should have been given the ball more. Four attempts, nine yards, 2.3. Don't, mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, four attempts, nine yards, nothing to scream at home about. I'm not even sure he would have done much more. I mean, Montreal Johnson's a really good running back in his own right. Couldn't get anything going either. Florida got beat up front. Florida could not play their game. Florida was not ready to play. Vanderbilt was, and Florida, uh, Vanderbilt came out and just owned Florida in the trenches. As a total, 21 attempts, 45 yards. Receiving some highlights here, Dejon Reynolds. Florida had to go down the depth chart here this game. Xavier Henderson out. Pearsall goes out during the game. Dejon Reynolds steps up. Eight catches, 165 yards, two touchdowns. Had the one drop but responded a couple plays later to get that, touch, to get that second touchdown. 74-yard long touchdown. And catch. Targeted nine times, eight catches. Justin Shorter, big day as well. Eight catches, 106 yards. Had a long of 28. Chacal Bowman, three catches, 57 yards. Pearsall, one for 27. ETN, one for 26. Caleb Douglas, one of 10. Montreal Johnson, one for three. Should have been two for about, what, six or seven and two touchdowns. But he couldn't hang on to the early one. Xanders with a catch, Burke with a catch. I think Burke had one on the what, first play. Didn't have one the rest of the game. Nine receivers catch balls. 25 catches. 400 yards. Let's go to the other side. 
And look at Vanderbilt. Right, the quarterback for Vanderbilt, 10 to 16, 108 yards, but three touchdowns. He was efficient, made plays when he needed to, made the simple plays, 10 to 16, 108 yards. So not, nothing to write really home about, nothing special, but just made the plays when he needed to. Vanderbilt gets into scoring position. He makes some big plays. Had the costly interception, or actually ended up not being costly, but the you know that, that he can't throw that interception there. Shouldn't have even been called. Vanderbilt rushing the ball. Davis goes for thirty attempts, one hundred and twenty-two yards, four yards a carry. Like I said, it's too many runs around the edge. Smith and Wright eight carries apiece. Smith forty yards, Wright thirteen. You, you thought you hold Vanderbilt's quarterback, who's really good at running the ball in his own right. You, you give me the stat, stat line before the game, eight attempts, 13 yards. I'm taking that all day, every day. It didn't matter. It did not matter. Nothing really to write home about Vanderbilt receiving-wise. As I said, only 10 passes completed. I mean, Shepard, the Vanderbilt weapon at wide receiver, two for 20. You even held him in check. I mean, you could if you would have given me Wright's stats and Shepard's stats. I thought my big prediction before the game of a blowout win for Florida, I would have, I would definitely would have stayed with it. Didn't matter. It tells you, you know, stats don't, stats in a way tell the story of the game because it tells the story that uh, anything can happen and you, and you can lose the game. Stats show Vanderbilt should not have won this game in some ways, but that doesn't make up for the effort, doesn't make up for the focus. That's what Vanderbilt had that Florida did not have. Now, I saw, I saw the thought, you know, Florida gave up. And, no, Florida didn't give up this game. They just weren't prepared. That's what it boils down to to me. Uh, okay, I, wanted to, I did want to go deeper into these third downs for this game as well. Florida 4, Florida four of four, 15. Vanderbilt 7 of 13. Vanderbilt over 53%. 53.8, almost 54%. But there you go. Kind of going back to a point I made earlier. Florida averaged third and eight for this game. Vanderbilt was third and basically six, which isn't much better, especially with their offense. But they they converted. Some of those runs. But Florida averaged third and eight. Florida was two of six on third and long. That's nine plus yards. And third and short, I mean, this is where it really hurts Florida. Third and short. That is third and one to four to go. And Florida was one of six. Don't get me wrong, Florida couldn't even hit the intermediate between the four and third and long ranges. But look at that. I mean, third and short, one of six. For a team that's supposed to be able to rely on their offensive line and rely on a run game, that's, that's inexcusable. You can't come out and play like that. And I know I'm using the word inexcusable a lot because that's the theme of this game. From what we have seen, and look, Florida is nowhere near a perfect team. We know that. We know the inconsistencies with this team. But things you should have been able to rely on, you couldn't this game. No run game. Penalties added up. Average yards gain on third down, 4.6 for Vanderbilt, 4 for Florida. And this is where I say, okay, yeah, AR had stats say a good day. I, I thought it was an average to at points better than average, but below that as well. 
Third down passing, 5 of 12, 61 yards. That has to be better. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And where, where I said the efficiency of Vanderbilt's offense, third down passing, 3 of 5, 27 yards. It wasn't pretty, but when they did pass on third down, 3 of 5. 27 yards. First downs by a pass on third down, three for Florida. And then, of course, aided for Vanderbilt. Now, they do equal this a little different. They do total this a little bit different. Conversion by a penalty. In reality, Vanderbilt had three, but the... um, The... First one, when uh, I believe it was Princely got called for the unsportsmanlike, technically that's after the play, so it's not the conversion there. I guess they could give it to him on fourth down. But in all reality, Florida had to stop after the play. The, the, the penalty was called. So they can only count that as two because of the face mask and the Amari Bernie hold. But in all reality, it was three. But third down tells you, uh, you you dive deeper into this game and you dive deeper into the stats. That is one that really calls Florida, in my opinion. So kind of going along with that, I mean, Vanderbilt, first back-to-back SEC wins since 2018. Beat Kentucky last week, beat Florida this week. And they end an eight-game skid against Florida. So I'm going back to yesterday a little bit, during the game, or after the game. In my initial reaction, the two scenarios just really stick out. And I'm working backwards here a bit, not taking advantage of the Marshall interception, and not getting the Wilson pick six leading to a muff punt. In a game that wasn't going right, just change those two things. Not taking advantage of the Marshall interception. It wasn't going, the game was not flowing right, but Vanderbilt gave you a break. You couldn't take advantage. And then the Wilson picks it. You just have to make a play there, but I'm not really going to hang on him too much. You can't have the muff punt, but if the pick six happens, that doesn't even occur. In a game that wasn't going right, those two scenarios for me changed the complexion. Now, I'm just looking detailed, specifically at scenarios. Overall, the team was not anywhere close to being prepared for this game. Vanderbilt did a good job stopping the run. They dared AR to beat them in the air by actually stopping the run. Florida got away from the run game. AR did not run early in the game when he had chances to. Came out in the second half with Richardson running, but then you got away from it again. I've said it many, many, many times. You just got to stick with the run game. A little more. But in this scenario, it was get AR more involved with it. And maybe he opens up the middle a little bit more. I know Florida was using the screens over and over again to try to open up Vanderbilt's defense, trying to spread them out a little bit more, but... That, that play is not scaring anybody. They can't block it, and the guy, whoever they give it to, cannot make anybody miss. It has been Henderson at times this year, different guys versus Vanderbilt. It doesn't matter. You can't block it. They can't make anybody miss. It's a wasted play. I know what you're trying to do. I know you're trying to spread the defense out. But use AR to spread the defense out. Stats say he had a good day, but it, it wasn't an efficient day. I gave you the third down stats. There were some drops early. 
but there's not enough simple completions to keep drives going. And if he's not going to run the ball, he needs to hit those throws. And you kind of just fail in the advantage game plan. The play from Richardson was, was not going to be enough if Florida couldn't run the ball. Now, that's not his fault Florida couldn't run the ball. Some of it is because he could have kept him. But the game, you put it on his shoulders, and even if it's not his fault, Florida's not winning. You put the game on his shoulders at Tennessee because of a defense. You fall short. Put the game on his shoulders through the air again versus Vanderbilt because you couldn't run the ball. So it's not really his fault Florida lost this game, but when the game's on his shoulders, it doesn't turn out into a, it doesn't turn into a win. And this time, you know, a lot of the other times when he has played well, he's had a run game to go along with it, whether it be with his legs or whether it be Johnson and ETN to help him along the way and help this offense along the way. He can play well and not come out with a win because of clutch plays and inconsistency. Two-minute offense, end of half, end of game, leaves a lot to be desired. But it's a lot of it is because the simple passes aren't there. There's a lot of big plays, a lot of explosives. It's not going to carry this offense. But I think when you pair the lack of intermediate throws and pair that with the lack of runs, and whether that is decision-based by him, whether it's play-calling-based by the staff, it holds the offense back. It can't be so boom or bust. He needs something to make up for the inconsistency in the passing game, and it's his legs. And that needs to be his mentality. That needs to be the staff's mentality. And I, I, I go back in talking about preparation for this game. I don't know. I'm thinking out loud here. I'm trying to throw out scenarios. First, I mean, he did not run the ball as much as he should have, whether that be him or the staff. And maybe the staff thought they wouldn't need his legs. And I can't fault him too much for that mindset when you look at Vandy's defense this season. But at the same time, it was apparent early that they were going to stop the run and, and there were plenty of opportunities for Richardson to run. The staff has to see that as well. I think they did. That's why you saw the second half runs, but why couldn't that be earlier in the game? Either stress him to run or call the runs we saw to start the second half. It was pretty apparent early on those needed to be in the game plan. And Richardson told us last week when we were doing the Gator Collective Spaces, and I asked him about controlling this offense and how much freedom there is. And look, it's hard, I know it's hard to know what the play call is. And what has changed at the line, if anything. But we all saw either way, like many times this season, Richardson needed to run the ball more for himself and maybe even to get the traditional ground game going. At the same time, Florida should have never been in the situation to begin with. He shouldn't have even needed the stats he put up if the Florida run game was going. But his inconsistency can cause Florida to lose a game when, when other things aren't going well. It is not his fault Florida lost this game. That is not where I'm going with that. That is not what I'm saying at all. But when the other things aren't going well, the consistency needs to be there. I will say the other things should have been there. And adjustments should have been made. To help him along. But as I said, that is very hard to know. What is he willing to do? What is the staff willing to do? What is the focus? What is the game plan? I thought the play calling was mostly okay in the first quarter and a half. Like I said, there were plenty of drops early on. I it looks like there were decisions made by AR to hand the ball off and not keep it. But if the calls were to just hand the ball to the running back over and over again, okay, well, the play column is a little worse in my eyes. But it was average at best to bad the rest of the game. Red zone issues again, that makes, that 
part of the difference in a close game. And to me, that also kind of stretches to the two-point conversions. If Florida struggles running the ball, and then when the field shrinks in red zone or two-point conversion, the offense struggles to score. Red zone issues are, you cannot be settling for all these field goals. Especially with the way the special teams have been playing. They're awful. No, I mean, this Florida team is inconsistent. But it stretches from offense to defense to special teams. Every facet of the game. Those wide receiver screens uh, keeping going with the offense now. Um, we haven't seen many of those lately. Way too many versus Vandy. It just doesn't work. I know they're trying to unload the box again, but they offer very little. And Vandy was not coming out of their game plan to stop the Gator run game. Vandy played a run. Offensive line couldn't hold up. Wasn't many running lanes at all. I mean, it's hard to put any one blame, any particular location. But when you look at a stat line, and I, given Billy Napier's history, I mean, I, I didn't expect – the only way I saw AR, you know, attempting you know, 40 passes a game pretty much was with a lot of success. But now it's because he has to. Because the run game couldn't get going. And that spells that spells a performance like we saw. It's not consistent. I mean, if the run game is going, AR doesn't have 42 attempts. But at the same time, I think you could argue maybe don't abandon it so fast. Maybe, maybe get more creative in the run game. Wide receiver, oh man, that was ah, it had to go down, but you still had some good performances from Douglas and and uh, and shorter. Other side, judging defense, ah, that was tricky. Many stats say you should have won the game, but when you commit penalties on third downs, keep drives alive. Don't respond to adversity on those same drives. That's a problem. Especially, you know, I'll go back to it as I was going through the game. When there were plenty more third downs after the third downs you gave up by penalty and you couldn't get the stop. You caused enough turnovers to keep the game closer, but you gave up some clutch plays, too many chunk runs, looked confused at times. Tackling, that whatever that was, there were plenty of times Florida got in the backfield, could just could not make a play. The plays that we have seen the last couple of weeks when Florida got into the backfield, somehow, some way, Vanderbilt was able to gain yards. And a lot of time, chunk yards. There's no margin for error when you play that bad. Not blaming this one on wide receiver injuries or fair or not penalties. In many ways, this looks like a game that was lost before kickoff. Team was not ready to play. Didn't seem like a plan was there too much. There were bad calls. There were inexcusable, untimely penalties that we have just not, not seen all season. A slew of drops early on in the game. Defense that couldn't tackle or set the edge. If it could go wrong, it did go wrong. Florida wasn't prepared at all for it. And that leads to the stat that came out now. Florida now has consecutive seasons with a conference record below 500 for the first time since 1958-1959. Consecutive seasons with a losing conference record for the first time since 58-59. Now... I think something that, and that, and I'll go more deep. I'll go more into this at some point, probably after the season. But it comes up a whole lot, way too much. What I'm not going to do, as bad as it was, as bad as it has been at times this season, 
is make an ultimate determination on Billy Napier moving forward. It's ridiculous. I'm not guaranteeing, and I have never guaranteed that he's ultimately going to be the guy. I never have. I'm also not going to use this game, this year one, to tell me he isn't the guy. I don't need to make proclamations this early. I like the direction in a lot of ways. And not sure on-field results were ever going to show us either way this year. But there's plenty of time for that conversation. But I, I got to get it out there. This game is inexcusable. It does not mean it translates down the road. I'll go, I mean, I'll say this year didn't even reach my mild expectations. But I can't get on board that this tells us all we need to know about Billy Napier's tenure at Florida. I know the inconsistency is frustrating. I had a hard time digesting this loss to Vanderbilt. I didn't know what to feel. Was it disappointment? Was it anger? I was kind of dumbfounded with the way to, to, to feel about this one. But the, the, the inconsistency this year, I, I, I know it is frustrating. I know Texas A&M and I know South Carolina aren't you know, great teams. South Carolina, better than what they showed in Gainesville. But I think partly was, part of that was what Florida was able to do. But the inconsistency, Florida, Florida struggled early this year as well. But it did seem like this team was turning a corner, only for it to come, you know, take a U-turn and come crashing down. Bandy has improved, but not, not, not to this point what we saw. I predicted a huge win here, only for this team to look prepared and flat Vanderbilt deserves some credit for actually showing up to play, owning Florida in the trenches. There's a reason this is an upset. I I feel good about this game. There's a reason Florida was double-digit favorites, because they were supposed to be that much better and had been playing like it the last couple of weeks. But the game still has to be played, and Florida with all that just did not show up. Maybe this team got ahead of themselves after the last couple of games. I know the whole talent issue. Is this a talent issue? In some ways, it is. I mean, yes, you can point to, well, this loss isn't on talent. They just weren't prepared. Okay. I'll give you that in some ways. But it's not as simple as look at Florida talent, look at Vanderbilt talent. It should be that way. But if that was the case, upsets never happen. Upsets happen. Upsets sometimes happen when you have the talent Florida has and then pair that with no interest in the game. Turnovers, penalties, play calling, drops, injuries, execution, etc. The margin for error for this team is very slim, and that is because of the talent. This isn't a roster to have bad days with. This Vanderbilt team is better. They're not the doormat Vanderbilt. They've gotten better throughout the season, but this Florida roster... It is good enough to win this game. It is better than Vanderbilt, but it is not at the point where you can go have a bad day and win a game. This is a talent issue that you can't overcome many bad days. You overcome some this year, but you're not going to do it week in, week out. So you want to sit there and stress, you know, talent didn't... You know, this was more of a coaching issue, and, and, and you, know, you can't, can't put this one on talent. Florida should win this game because they have more talent. They should. But there's no, that margin for error is very, very slim for bad days. And that, that, those bad days can come from the staff, too, but it's also everything else I put. You know, it is the turnovers, the penalties, the play calling, drops, injuries, execution. That's what it takes to lose a game like this. The team... The team was not ready. That's staff, that's players. So now, yep. Got to find a way to try and salvage this into a upset. It would be an upset over Florida State on Friday.
But I know a lot of people out there want to make determinations on this staff, that staff. I'm not going to do that. But that matchup Friday is tough. It is. But all right, there we go. Plenty more to get into. It'll be a short week. Uh, my schedule will mostly be the same this week. Um, will and I will get together on Monday. The FSU preview might be out a little early. They do have uh, the holiday of Thanksgiving, of course, and the game on Friday. Uh, so the midweek schedule might be a little different here. Holiday, FSU, on a Friday. I mean, it was so weird saying Friday night. <laughs> I can't, uh, even though they're all showing the graphics during other games uh, last night on Saturday and just, man, just can't get used to it. But got to rally the troops somehow. Go get, go, go get this victory to try and somewhat make up for this complete failure versus Vanderbilt. But all right, there we go. A lot of how I felt going through this game. That one was tough. I know Gator fans, it's um, not making excuses. That was that was bad. But that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown. <laughs>